From Phil's Tech comes a weekly digital series where he shares his insights, concepts, and findings learned during his 15-year journey of working in the entertainment industry. Each lesson offers you a roadmap to overcome the challenges that all artists face on the path to success. Welcome to Phil's Tech Podcast. Hello, I'm Phil Tech, 360 Creative Coach, and I'm honored to be here for today's episode with Heather Parody. Um... Now, for context, um, I saw your TikTok posts, of all things, and um, but that's what kind of led me down this rabbit hole of, um, for people listening, uh, you know, she on TikTok, she posts about uh, basically podcasting cliches, and it just made me laugh because having been in this space, I thought you were very on par. Um, and then as I, for some reason, dug deeper, there's so much more to you. So you, you have a podcast called the unconventional leader. Yes, correct. And that's where I want to kind of really dive in. Cause I, I, a, I love that, that title and, uh, I want to, you know, I want to unpack that. So if you will, what does that ultimately mean? Unconventional sure. leader? It's, it's whoever feels like the misfit, the outcast in their industry, those who are going against the grain and, you know, that sometimes kind of sounds badass and cool, but the truth is it's really hard because when you feel like you're starting from nothing or you have something that's quote, not in your favor against you, sometimes you feel like, well, what's the point? Why should I even try? And so what we want to do is tell stories of those who were the outcasts and the misfits in their industry. And also were super successful because I believe really the thing that sets you apart is your gift. And so Mm -hmm. we just want to raise up the next generation of leaders that say like, Hey, are you unconventional? Good. Be unconventional. Yeah. And you know, I love that aspect of it because for the most part, like any artist out there, they're, going on down an unconventional path. Yes. I mean, you know, we all share that sort of journey, but it is rather unconventional. Um, what would you say to the, you know, artists in particular who, you know, because uh, I think it all aligns, but what if they say, like, I don't want to be a leader. I'm just someone that wants to make stuff. Like, how would you kind of convince sure. them that this is still worth their time? Sure. So I identify more with being a creative more than almost any term. Like I, I identify that more than an entrepreneur, probably, I wouldn't say more than a leader, because honestly, when we look at leadership, what leadership just is, is, is influence. So if you are a parent and you have a kid, guess what? You're a leader because that kid is looking up to you as, as their role model. Um, really any influence that you have, you know, someone you're checking out at a grocery store and the cashier, you know, you have influence over that person's day. Are you going to step up into that leadership or not? And so, especially as artists and creatives, I think those, there, there is no greater leadership than art because you want to talk about moving somebody on a soul level and be able to impact people's lives through your work. That is leadership. That is influence. And even if you never face that person, you know, you're painting when it moves someone in that gallery, you just influence them. You just led them somewhere. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I, um, I think that is very well stated. And I think a lot of times too, when we don't think about things like that consciously, that we are a leader, then we unconsciously kind of default to certain things. So, and where I'm going with this, I want to get your idea of the difference between a boss, like someone that's bossy versus a true leader. Cause sure. I feel like a lot of people think they're leaders, but they're just barking out orders. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, when you're leading someone, then they're choosing to partake in whatever avenue you're you're leading them down. If there's, there's a, there's a free will there in my opinion. So that is like great. That's, that's, that's like the highest level because that's when 
people are really internally changed as opposed to going through actions. Because, you know, actions don't necessarily mean any kind of change. Yeah, I might be following the rules, but I haven't necessarily aligned with your point of view and you haven't changed me to follow you. So there's those are two different things. Uh, Seth Godin speaks extensively on this. We had him on the show a couple of months ago, and he gives beautiful definitions between management and leadership and says it a lot more adequately than I ever could. So you can YouTube Seth Godin management and leadership, and he explains and goes into great detail about that. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, well, sort of, uh, you know, kind of taking a step back and, you know, the idea of sharing stories, I want to share your story, right? Um, I want to know, you know, on your website, you, you write like, uh, that there's, you know, you love researching people that influence you. So, A, I'd love to know who those people are. But even kind of, even before that, perhaps, like, uh, you're, you're a therapist. Like, you've gone you've gone through, like, traditional training, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But then on the unconventional side, you're also homeschooled. So, I, it's kind of <laughs> interesting. It's interesting to me, all these layers, because homeschooling, at least to some, is an unconventional method of schooling. Yeah, and it is. And mine was um, not so great. I honestly, my education stopped when I was around the last grade. I remember even attempting to to try was around seventh grade. Um, and that was me going to the library and finding books and reading them on my own. Like my, my education literally stopped. And so um, my mom struggled with a lot of mental health issues. And so I grew up just feeling really stupid. And I felt like um, that college was never an option for me or that I would you know, just the, to make money and be a success. It just was never in the cards. And so going to college was really, was really proving something to myself. I started off in developmental classes uh, to try to build my way up just to an evil, even playing ground to where other people were at. Uh, it ended up, you know, going through and getting my graduate degree. Really, honestly, now that I look back on it, kind of as a, um, I felt really inferior in that way. And I needed to prove that I wasn't stupid <laughs> in that, I had something to give and I was really drawn to psychology because I love why, why do we, why are we the way we are? You know, I, I love the study of people. What I struggled with though, after school is I didn't want to get a job. Like I felt so, I I know there's nothing wrong with having a job, but I remember sitting in a job interview and he was like, all right, you know, you're going to be here from eight to four. And I'm like, what? I have to be here when you tell me like, I just, like it was, yeah. I had been running my own businesses through school and I guess growing up, you know, in an unconventional way of, I never even went to school. I, I was just did always did my own thing. It was really weird to be kind of felt like I was put in a box. And plus I wanted to just create my own stuff. I wanted to make my own life and, you know, have control over my day. So I didn't end up going down the traditional therapist route pretty much right out of school. I got my license, got the job offers, cried, and then turned them all down and started a podcast and started building something online. And um, it's just been a self-discovery thing since then. But I think, you know, as as creatives, as artists, we have to really tune in and listen to what feels right for us. And even if it doesn't make logical sense, I think, you know, I think there's so many more opportunities and options that we're not aware of. We just have to trust that still small voice. And I'm not saying be irresponsible, but I'm saying figure it out, you Mm -hmm. know, figure out how to make it work. And you can. Yeah. Uh, So there's a lot there. And I guess the, uh, the place to start, um, you talk about like adversity really being the thing that makes us. So for you, uh, what you just described, was that like your biggest, source of adversity in life, you know, with your mom and, and then kind of the anxiety of college? Yeah, I, I grew up with a lot of abuse. Um, 
as a child and then also too as a teenager i got involved in a really bad relationship that was physically and sexually abusive um so i really you wouldn't have recognized me 15 years ago i didn't look people in the eyes i was really i was a bad liar i lied all the time because i was trying to get myself out of trouble because I was just afraid of people. I was terrified of humans. Um, I was really, really, really messed up. I mean, that's why I'm so into personal development now is because listening to podcasts and content and all that changed my life. Like it was like, Hey, guess what? You don't have to be this way. You can change your life. And that's why I love content creators so much. Um, your original, Oh yeah. Adversity. Um, yeah. And the schooling was really, really hard for me. And the shift in my mindset with, with adversity was my first day of, of college. I was in a developmental math class and I was just terrified being there. And I sat in the back and I didn't want, I just knew, I kept thinking like on the way walking there, I was like, I am going to fail this. Like, I don't know anything about math. Like I was terrified and I, I sat in the back of this community college developmental class and everybody was like eating chips and like had their feet up on the table and they were texting and I was just mortified because I was like, oh my God, look how disrespectful these people are to this teacher. They're not paying attention. And so I realized in that moment that uh, I didn't have to be the smartest person in the room. I just had to be the person who cared more than the next guy. And I knew I cared more than anyone in that room. And mm -hmm. from that point forward, I realized like, talent isn't everything like you have to show up and give your whole heart and uh that's your competitive advantage and i promise you phil i'm not the smartest person most creative person most talented person but i'm probably going to be the most passionate people to ever meet in your life and so that kind of use that as my quote advantage in everything that i mm -hmm. do now no that's very cool now i can it, it, it radiates from you so that's very cool to see firsthand um also so you talked about kind of, uh, you know, be bold, but also like, don't just, uh, you know, just do it willy nilly. Let's for like a better term. Right. Um, so when you decided right out of college, you're going to start your own business, how did, were there things like you used to hedge your bets as well in case this didn't go uh, correctly for you? And I also imagine like in the back of your mind, cause I feel like so many people are like, it has to, you know, like I'm going to go for it, but but really there's also a safety net. Like in theory, you could have gone back to be a traditional therapist. Oh if yeah. I, I can't you know right now I mean? if I want to. Absolutely. Um, and I, and I, it wasn't like I had left college and started a business out of the gate. I had started a couple of successful businesses prior. Um, so while I was in school, I was doing side hustles that were really full-time incomes. I, I built those businesses pretty well um, through social media and figuring out content marketing, which again, I'm just really passionate about. So I'm glad you're, you harp on that because that's the game. Um, so, you know, when I gave up my quote career to go into business full time, it wasn't like I didn't know what I was doing. So any advice that I would have would definitely be start off with side hustles and don't like put all of your chips, you know, without any kind of experience. Like, be hum like be humble work, you know, as a waitress or a waiter or whatever and build a side hustle until you really have a good understanding of business and how to get your own clients um, and then transition and take the leap. So, yeah, I I'd already had business um, prep, but yeah, you're right. I mean, like I could, I could go be a therapist. I mean, I'd have to go get back my license again and take me a couple of months, but I could be one by the end of the year. And yeah, that is a quote safety net if I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the clients that you work with today, what's, are there any commonalities between, you know, what people are facing? You mean like internal or external? Um, I guess, I mean, Here, I'll internal. tell you this. 
I'll tell you this. They think it's all external, but it's really an internal thing. <laughs> That's what I was going to figure. Yeah. 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 So people come to me, you know, with all these external questions like, oh, what should I do with this? And, oh, you know, and it's it's fun. And, and some of it's valid. But when it really we really get down to it, it's people don't want to screw up and they don't want to fail in front of people. And the Internet's a scary place because, you know, if you put something online, it's out there, you know, and we put so much of our worth and our value on the result of that content and that piece when honestly most people aren't paying attention and you know when you get in the game and you know this that's the hard part is getting people to pay attention so people come out of the gate going oh my god everybody's watching me and we're like actually they're not and that's what's difficult about this is at the beginning you have the liberty to fail um but people don't like that we want to look put together we want to look like we're the smartest person most successful person out of the room and we're not willing to be a beginner which is what's required of any kind of creative form is being sloppy and messy and not knowing what you're doing and knowing deep down you could be better and dealing with all the frustration of that it's hard yeah. it is but but i love the way that you said that yeah because we all we all do need to do you know start at that place and i mean it's a creative act so the yeah. more you restrict yourself the less creative you are yeah. um let me just look at my notes real quick uh-huh. um oh here's a good question for you so um the importance of social media, I know like we've touched upon it in terms of that's how I discovered you. You you just touched upon it a little bit. But, um, you know, why is it as a, you know, any sort of leader to have a social media presence? Because you can influence anyone anywhere. You know, um, I, I get emails all the time. are like, oh, I want to be a public speaker one day and I want to have this cr- awesome business and I want to write a best-selling book and all, and all that's really awesome. And it is. And I really hope you can do it. But if you're not willing to put out content on social media right now, which is free and available and you can, no one's stopping you, like, how are we ever going to get to that point? And why should we really get to that point? Because, you know, you can put out a TikTok video right now and you could bash it all day long, but you could have thousands of people see you and you, you can't, you, you can't buy that. (laughs) You know what I mean? So again, it goes back to that humble piece that I think when you really focus on impact and if you say you want to make an impact in this world, but you're not willing to do the small things like get on social media, that's free. You know what I mean? Um, no, I, get what you're saying. I, th- I think it's also, um, it's very short side because a lot of people, uh, you know, that have done Ted talks, uh, for some reason, always talk about like testing an idea. So to me, in that sense, like if you want to write a book and you have like the title of the book and it's enticing, Right. Write a little tweet, put it up on TikTok and see how it resonates with people before you go off and write this book where people might be like, "Ooh, I don't really care about a book about that. That's so smart and so true. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think people don't have that recognition that like it's a very powerful tool and it can sculpt you and then ultimately build that. Yeah. Quality. And it helps clarify your message because, you know, I think that's one thing we really struggle with is like, what is my message? What is my niche? What is all that? And I. I mean, I've been doing this full time for three years now, and I feel like I'm still unraveling it. And it probably changes a lot. I don't know. But I always like to tell people, you find your voice by using your voice. So you figure out what your message is by constantly talking about things you care about. And like you just said, when you get results back, not only external results of, hey, people like this or they don't, but also internal results. Because sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll talk about something on the podcast for a while. And I'm like, you know what? That doesn't really resonate with me. I thought it would. But now that it came out of my mouth and now that I've actually produced it, I just I don't want to go down that road anymore. And so you, you figure out who you are, too, through the process of creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, shoot, I'm trying to – there was one thing that you said. I'm trying to uh, – 
remind himself of what it was. Maybe it'll come to me. Um, oh, so who are the people like podcast wise or book wise that, that you learn from read? God, I listen to so many. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all I do is listen to content. Um, again, cause this is such a mental game that I, if I didn't, I think I would quit and give up because it is mm. hard and it is emotionally hard. Um, and it's frustrating. So I'm constantly reading, like I have, I have a book here. I was just listening to a podcast where we started. Um, but I would say Gary V, number one, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's a given nowadays. I, I just, I love him. Um, I, I really appreciate Elizabeth Gilbert's work. She wrote Big Magic, um, which is a book about creativity. Um, I've been really digging Kathy Heller. She's right here. I had her on my show a few weeks ago. Uh, she's the host of Don't Keep Your Day Job, which is like mm-hmm. top rated number one podcast. Number one. I don't know what number it is, y'all. But um it's it's just all about creative work and being free in it. And again, I think about six months ago, it hit me. I'm like, I don't know if I'm necessarily an entrepreneur. I feel like I'm a creative that has a business to support my creative work. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like the business is secondary. Uh, so I'm really digging those people's content. Got it. So, I, okay, I just remember what I was going to ask you. Do you, What's your definition of the word niche? And should people strictly be niche or is it okay to be a little bit broader? Again, going back to what feels really good to you, I think there's like this, not to get too spiritual and deep on you, but um, like there's a message within you that points to life and there's one that points to fear and Mm self-doubt. And I think sometimes when we don't niche down, it's out of fear because we're worried that we're not going to appeal to people or we're not going to reach enough people or whatever. But if you don't want to niche down because it feels suffocating to you and you've got to express yourself broader, I think that's a decision made of, of life and abundance. And so I think if you were to ask me which is best, I would say niching down because I feel like that's where you're really able to make um, speak to people in a more clear, specific way and help people not be just to be vanilla. But I'm also a very broad person and I take acting classes on Wednesdays and I podcast and then I, you know, have membership sites and do consulting. And so like I do all this kind of stuff. I'm a photographer and I like to run. So, I mean, like I do all this stuff and I bring all of that into my brand. Um, but that feels good to me and it's not a fear decision. It's a life decision. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I would, <laughs> and I, I would agree. Cause I mean, it's, it, that, that's the sort of same way I live my life as well. Um, you know, where I have for me, what, like what's on brand is like, is it within my interests? And, you know, Mm -hmm. if there's something that I can share out of it that benefits somebody else, then great. So be it. I think if it wraps into your story and I think we got to get better and I got to get better about telling your story because all those pieces can play in and make sense in a bigger narrative. Uh, but that requires us to get super personal and authentic and kind of lay some stuff out there for all of that stuff to make sense in a, within your brand. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, as we wrap this up, is there any sort of final advice you would like to share with the audience while, while mm-hmm. they're still here? Oh, yeah. This is really important. I really need people to listen. Are you listening? Are you listening? Okay. I need you to subscribe to Phil's podcast, and I want you to leave him a five-star review and take 30 seconds to tell him why you appreciate his work and what you've gotten out of his show so far. Also, I need you to go on social media and follow him and support his work because putting out content is a lot of um, 
it's a lot of work and it's a lot of your heart and soul that he does for free, probably. And uh, I just want you to support him if you're in his life and you're listening to this now. Are you done? Okay, that's all. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, that was unexpected, but truly appreciated. So I thank you very much. And I, I return the favor. Um, it's you, you, All your social media is just Heather Parody, correct? Yeah, I'm boring. No, I, listen, I think that's easy. <laughs> I think when it gets complicated of like H P on, uh, yeah, it just gets yeah. too messy. So. My first email was a punk rock prom queen at Gmail, and I should have kept that. <laughs> that would have been good. That like would have been um, well, um, so I truly appreciate it. Uh, unconventional le- uh, leadership on uh, the podcast. Um, so definitely check that out. And again, social media, Heather parody, um, TikTok, Instagram, website, all that. So, yep. um, well, I truly appreciate you taking the time to, to be part Honor, of this. Today. Thank, you. thank you so much. Bye.